Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast, yeah Well, uh, well, 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 uh, well, uh, well, uh, ooh It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Tell me more, tell me more it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Uh, yes, it is indeed the second Keith Walsh Podcast of the date. The 19th of the 10th, the night of the big six-week lockdown. We've gone into level five, six weeks of level five lockdown here in Ireland. Please send help. Um, I'm considering taking up, I haven't had a drink in about 11 months. I'm considering developing a whiskey and cigar Um Hobby? I don't know if hobby's the right word, but anyway. I'm contemplating like buying a really nice bottle of whiskey and just kind of trying to trying to learn how to enjoy whiskey. You know, without becoming an alcoholic. But I probably won't do that. I'll probably stick to the booze free lagers. I found this actually, this drink in my local garage. It's called Sobeer, which kinda of looks like sober. And it's um wait for the Wait for the wanky stuff. It's a vegan kind of lager. Um, it's a lager and it kind of tastes like a light lager with a little tiny, 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 tiny touch of lemon and lime, but very tiny. It's very refreshing. And I tell you what, it's handy if, you know, when you're craving a beer, a cold beer, and you can crack that can and it gives that sound and then it, the, the initial taste is of something fizzy and kind of laggery. So it does the job. Does the job for me. Thank you very much. With your fuck off. With your notions. Your vegan sober lager. You make me want to vomit. Um, yeah so. We're back in lockdown for six weeks. Which means. Basically. The tour of my show. Has been postponed. I'm like Garth Brooks. Kind of but more famous it kind of actually makes me feel better and makes me feel more important than I can say you know uh, lockdown ruined my tour or you know I kind of I can't tour because of lockdown it makes me seem like a, like a rock star or something so it's cool it's like me the Rolling Stones um, trying to think of a famous comedian Bill Burr, you know, we can't tour at the moment. Me, the Rolling Stones, Bill Burr, we can't tour at the moment. So It's tough, you know, it's tough at the top, being famous like me. 
Anyway, uh, if you're listening to this, um, or in and around the six weeks of the lockdown, I hope you're well. If you're not well, you can always get in touch with me, and we can chat, and we can, you know, we can we can gas, which I think is another word for probably fifties American word for talk chatting. We were just gassing and laughing. Um, yeah, get in touch with me on social media. I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter. You can email me. Email the podcast KeithWalsh dot Walsh at gmail dot com or KeithWalshPod at gmail dot com. Send me uh, send me a note. Tell me how you are, and uh, maybe I can help. Put you in touch with somebody you can talk to. Um, or if you just want to send me a letter that I can read out on the podcast, I'd love that. And I could be like an agony aunt. I could help. Uh, yeah, make sure if you're sending me something like a, a letter, a problem letter. I could share it with Mike. He might, he'd, he'd always have good uh, advice. But if you're sending me something, make sure you say it's for on-air or not for on-air. On-pod or not on-pod. Do that. Anyway, as we head into the six weeks of the unknown, uh, there are a few knowns. This podcast will always be available on a Monday evening. And when I say this, I mean this particular chat with um, Mike Marin. He lives in Clare. I live in Kildare. It's a long, long way from here to there. We worked together many years ago in a hotel in London. And now we just chat in a podcast because he's a good guy. And he's got lots of good stories. I like chatting to him. Um, we, we had a bit of a meandering chat, as we do. We talked about... Let me try and think about what we actually talked about because it was Sunday we recorded this. We talked about his wife's business. Um, which is very interesting. We talked about, I don't know, we were meant to talk about Dolly Parton. We didn't talk about Barry Manilow's drummer, or did we? Um, I spoke a little bit about, um, God, I can't even remember what I spoke about. We talked about mics a little bit, but it did get interesting, more interesting after that. There's some really interesting stuff on this. Come on now. Give me a break. Anyway, I'll stop gassing and uh, introduce episode 15 of the Keith Walsh podcast. Me talking to my friend Mike. Enjoy. I'm not using my old mic. I'm using I'm, I'm, I'm not using my new mic, Mike. I'm using my old mic because uh, I figured out that I need to speak into the blue light side of the mic. So I think it might be better. It's an awful lot better. I can hear you crystal clear. Um, let's talk about microphones, actually, because um, I, I can see your microphone. Uh, we should probably get rid of our uh, picture, should we? We probably should. I also have this as well. I'll just show you. <laughs> it looks like a bread bin. Yeah, it's like uh, it's uh, it just goes around the mic. Oh, wow. And, and the difference is phenomenal. Creates a little sound booth. Did you hear the difference there? Yeah. Yeah. So it takes out the, uh, it gives, it takes out the echo and all that kind of stuff. So it gives you a little the bit reverberation. of reverberation. Yes. And uh, where did you purchase? You reverberated when you said reverberation there. That was interesting. It was <laughs> a little glitch in the, <laughs> and you went reverberation. <laughs> uh, where did I buy it? I bought it from, hmm, uh, I think the website is called Tolman. Let me just turn off my... <clears throat> How are you spelling that? Oh, I don't know, because I don't even know what I'm saying. Hang on a sec. 
Um, it could be Tom, like T H O M A N N. Um, th- uh, they are Europe's best online shop for instruments, lighting, and audio gear. And I got, uh, they had a deal on there for it wasn't didn't seem too expensive. So what I got was that uh, Mike Shield, uh, a pop hmm. shield, and a mic, and I actually also got a tripod, a mic stand, which I haven't figured out how to kind of assemble everything so i'm just sitting everything up on the desk and my mic is on a book uh but i'll figure all that out eventually so i i, I can tell you i'll tell you another day how much it cost me but they're very good if you just want to get a mic and you could actually construct one of these things with just making like a little wooden frame and then some a bit of you know so actually take some of sally ann's old jeans yes denim has a humongous afterlife you sh- you could uh, use a bit of a wooden frame, a bit of denim, and there you would have a little tiny little studio for yourself. Just put it, you just put it around the back of the mic, and 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 there you go. Speaking, you know, the the opposite your your mouth side, if you know what I mean. Mm. And that will uh, deflect and hold on to the sound and all that kind of stuff, so it doesn't just disappear up into the ether. Uh, so there, that's my top tips for mics. I'll send you the one I got. Uh, well, the one I got was a road, and it's a road. It's a small little road, uh, and it, it seems to be like like a travel USB travel podcast mic because it seems very handy and light. And, and I, I'll send you a picture. But hmm. I just briefly mentioned your wife there. She was on Nationwide. Yeah, um, she she was on Nationwide last year. They came and filmed here last year. Um, <clears throat> Anne Casson and a, a, another gentleman, the cameraman, Des. And um, they put out the show last year, sort of September. And then they repeated it because it was National Women's Enterprise Day on Wednesday. So they got a, two or three sort of female entrepreneurs um, and highlighted their business on Nationwide. And yeah, it's been a phenomenal response phenomenal i mean my mother was on it as well because we get a lot of our denim from um uh the uh charity shop in limerick the um the homeless charity who i can't name now at the moment i've forgotten who those simon community okay and uh, yeah so um and my mum goes in there and haunts the poor woman to say listen put away, put away the big denims there will you any nice big ones we'll take them from you and uh, my mother goes in and actually barters with charity shops, which I'm sort of ashamed of. But at the same time, we're doing them a bit of a service because denims are one of those things that very difficult to buy secondhand to wear. Because when, when somebody wears a pair of denim, they, they actually weld to your shape. They're not like other fabrics. Mm. So, um, yeah, they, they, they do have racks full of the stuff. So we just uh, we take them and, and fillet them here and make them into bags. I'm always reminded of the scene in Quadrophenia where the guy puts on his new jeans, uh, the Phil Daniels character, and gets into the mm. bath, gets into the bath, so they'll shrink to his uh, his body shape or whatever to, to be as skinny as possible. Um, do, but, you, uh, do you not remember the shrink to fit jeans? No, I don't. No, I'm not. I don't oh, no, that, that was an actual thing. We had them. Um, I had them in the uh, late 70s. Yeah. I sat in the bath. Yeah. The bath, you put your jeans on. And they were like Wranglers shrink to fit. And uh, so you sat in a warmish bath. Everything went blue. 
even your avocado plastic bath was blue for months afterwards. I thought you were um, going to call your I thought you were going to call your testicles your avocados. <laughs> <laughs> Everything went blue, even your avocados. Yeah, no, but you you know the 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 everything when yeah. any scratch on your bath was blue for years afterwards. It's indigo dye, so they sort of they self faded, and um, they they shrunk to fit, and you had to get up, and it was really uncomfortable because you then had to walk around in a wet pair of jeans for a while, which got cold, and it was sort of like, yeah, it was. I don't know why that was a thing, but it was a massive thing. Well, I prob they probably didn't have specific sizes it was probably just an easier way of getting a load of jeans out to people and shrink them onto you there you'd be grand that's i, I no I, no because you they, they had jeans that you could just put on and wear and they didn't shrink when they went into the washing machine because the whole thing about these is if you put these babies in the washing machine before you actually wore them and wet them they would shrink down to hardly anything uh, there was something something in the knit of the denim that made them shrink well, it was obviously just something of the time because the mods were obviously wearing them and they liked very, very skinny jeans. They, they could yeah. barely get off uh, afterwards. So, yeah. Oh, I d- drain pipes. Yeah. Dra- drain pipes. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. And uh, so Sally Ann takes the denim and she makes, like, what's the, how, if people were listening to this, she's on, I know she's on social media. It's, is it Sally Ann's bags? Sally Ann's bags. I.e., I'm going to say. You better get Sally it right. You better Sally get Ann's, it right. Oh Christ almighty. Sally you, Ann's you just Ann's explain what it is and I look it up. <laughs> That's a and good no, idea. And nobody will notice. <laughs> <laughs> I've got your so, bag. Good man, you got my bag. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> so we, we, we fill it the denims and then you, you cut out the pattern uh, using the denim and the denim becomes the inner fabric. So this came about by um, a friend of Sally Ann's um, who lives in Seville, a beautiful city. If you've never been to Seville, I suggest when this is all over, you get your backside to Seville. It is a phenomenal, the most beautiful city on the on the planet, bar mm-hmm. none. I will bring. Yeah. I, I will go, and I might even bring my wife. Do it is it, every time you turn a corner, it's like a film set. It's just beautiful. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Kate, who who lives in Seville, uh, decided to make a handbag. And sent one over to Sally Ann and said, hey, listen, you can do this. Um, because they're both a bit sort of interested in fabrics. Um, and Sally Ann said, okay, I take, I take your, uh, your challenge. Mm. And she went upstairs and uh, she saw a pair of jeans that I'd had put out on the bed. I was going to wear them. <laughs> and she took them apart and made the inside of this bag. Because her issue with handbags um, was that the, the nylon sort of, innards would always rip so the thing you were most looking for like your lippy or your um keys or anything like that would go in behind and it was just you know they were just becoming receptacles behind the backing for coins and bits of extraneous stuff that yeah. was carrying around she so thought right i'll use a pair of denims and yeah and it gives structure to the bags and then she decided to start using sort of oil clothy materials well it's sort of it's sort of waxed materials on the outside, which are showerproof. And then she decided, right, um, I'll go and design some fabrics based on where we live. And the fuchsias, of course, are all around West Lair and various different plants. And then we, we often go for a walk in the Burren. So we, we picked some of the, the flowers up there 
um, we didn't pick them, but we picked, chose them, should I say, mm. and um, worked with a Finnish designer who then sort of made them into a, a non-repeat fabric, uh, which we then get printed and then sort of make into bags. Yeah, so it's, a, it's quite, an, a, quite an interesting process how these oh. things happen. Yeah. And did she always? Did she, she obviously always had a bit of a, a talent for, well, obviously for knowing a good print, and also for, I presume she stitches them, does she? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a room full where I'm sitting now. There's three, four sewing machines, a wall of denim, and a wall of fabric outside. Um, yeah, so I mean, we have to. It, they, everything is handmade. There's no, you know, you can't sort of buy in a strap and say that it's handmade. So we buy in the webbing for the straps, but we actually buckle them together. I actually do that when I'm on my downtime, I'll, I'll sort of do the straps and the donkey work. I do an awful lot of cutting and stuff like that and sort of hand her something pinned that she does the finishing stitches on. So yeah, it's, um, it's a household full of stitching all the time. It's with a podcast in in the background, sort of. We just listen to radio and yeah. So and she's busy with it, is she? Bedlam, absolute. But ever since lockdown began, yeah. Um, because we used to do bloom, used to do an awful lot of outside events. Yeah. So um, a lot of people would have come to us at bloom. And down, um, down in Cork, you know, the Darina Allen's place down there. Um, there's all sorts of Christmas fairs that we would have done. Um, Sally Ann mostly would have done. I, you know, nobody wants to buy a handbag off a man. <laughs> so I, I just going to stand there. Mike, I would buy anything. I think you could sell anything to anybody. I know you. I've seen you. I've seen you in action. Anyway, go on. Yeah, but it is very difficult to sell a handbag if you're a man. You know? <laughs> in fact, I, I, I kind of pride myself on Bloom. I don't know if you've ever been to Bloom. Uh, I haven't been, but I'm very aware of it. I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> there's an awful lot of people and... On the Thursday and the Friday, you get an awful lot of groups of gardeners, women who come up um, and they're sort of horticultural society of meath and blah, blah, blah. And they just come in busloads of them and they get a little glass of Prosecco and they walk around and they spend like it's gone out of fashion. They're fantastic. Great fun. And then on the Saturday, the sort of the husbands come in tow, you know, and they sort of the husbands spend most of their time then in front of all the stalls going, you, you have enough uh, paintings, darling. You have enough handbags, darling. You have enough of this. You have enough of that. <laughs> so on the Saturday, I, I stood outside the, um, the marquee, the stall where we were, which is out in the open. And uh, I'd sort of, I'd see the, the woman coming in and the man kind of go, listen, darling, you don't need another handbag. And I'd say, did you know there's free alcohol around the corner? And they go, where? <laughs> and off, they went, <laughs> off they'd go. And leave the women shopping. And it was like, I was like a decoy, you know. Uh, yeah, there's free crisps over there. The happy pair are over there giving away free Illumi stuff. Yeah. Diversion. That was good. That was, that was a great tactic. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope you got, I hope you got paid handsomely. I hope you're... Well, I got rewarded. fed. Yeah. The, the, um, the, it's, so it's Sally Ann's bags on Twitter and Sally Ann's handmade bags on instagram 
and uh, yeah, find Sally Ann and buy her bags. They're cool. They're really nice. They're yeah, they're very, very nice. They're, I mean, they appeal to all sorts of people, and we've been developing backpack designs and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, wow. this sounds like some sort of uh, an advert for me. Mike, the, the great thing about this podcast is we can just talk about whatever we want. We're not like we're not dependent on ratings. We don't need people to be enjoying it. We can literally <laughs> talk about whatever the fuck we want. And, oh, yeah. you know, for me, having worked in commercial radio for 20 years, I am very happy to sit here and talk to you about your wife's uh, business and what she does, because I'm, I'm in, I think it's interesting. And there's nobody shouting in my ear saying, wrap it up, saying, Keith, I don't I think maybe five people in the whole country might be interested in this conversation. Mm. I don't care. And I know that's a terrible way to be. But uh, no, I find it fascinating. Where, where was the... Um, so you've got a load of sewing machines, a load of denim. Like she must have started somewhere like and she must have gone to a thing and had like 10 bags that she made. What, what was the tipping point from, you know, Sally Ann just kind of doing a few and turning up at the and trying to sell them at the odd, uh, you know, uh, market to where you are now? Like, was there a, did you get a massive order in or was it just steadily, slowly but surely we got another sewing machine? We got another thing. We, we, you know, we went and got prints designed. How did that happen? Well, it was, it was a bizarre, um, her, Sally Ann's life has been very odd from a career point of view. Um, she studied um, engineering um, and actually her placements were all in uh, clothing manufacturing, but she never, ever worked in it. Um, she might have done three months, I think, when she left university for a company and they went bust. And then she joined the uh, the OECD, the Organisation for Something or Something or Other um, in London and um, economic development thing. Mm -hmm. And then two politicians that were running that had a spat and that closed down. And then she got a job working, doing something with Marks and Spencers and the place development place she was working in there I think it was months or something like that. they closed down so it was like oh my god <laughs> and uh, and I'll never forget we were we were going home on the tube one day living in London on the train or the tube and um, she saw an advert for um, an office manager's position for Paddy Ashdown the uh, politician and um, she said oh, I quite fancy that and I said well go for it and she got it so she actually became his um a researcher and office manager in the house of parliament for him leading up to the 1997 general election wow paddy, um, paddy panstown paddy... <laughs> yeah. yeah and he got that because he actually i think he did actually have an affair with one of his researchers it wasn't her it was it was somebody did she, else did Just... she get did she get paddy pa paddy ashton closed down <laughs> Pretty much, he lost the general election. <laughs> so it's a litany of failures. She leaves everybody, every, everything she touches turns to shit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but he, I mean, she was in Bosnia with him and all sorts of stuff because he was quite the the sort of, he was very interested in that side of peacekeeping. And yeah. um, she right. wore the ambassador's underpants. That's her claim to fame. She wore uh, the she, ambassador's underpants. Okay. The, um, yeah, the, because she her, her luggage went missing. Not surprisingly, she's flying into a war zone and uh, it's like, oh, my, my bags didn't arrive. And there's some squaddy going, well, what the fuck do you want me to do about it? <laughs> it's not like you're flying KLM. It's like, you know, you've been here. You've got a flak jacket on. You're lucky to be alive. So uh, 
get with the, it, sister. Yeah, in the in the in the order of important things to sort out at that point in Bosnia, I don't think getting your luggage would have been priority. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Not in any way, shape, or form. But so she had to resort to wearing the ambassador's underpants. That's the that, is it, yeah. yeah, good name for a book, isn't it? And she was actually the diplomatic bag as well. well I didn't realise the thing you can get. You can get diplomatic immunity and carry the bag. What does that mean? Uh, well, you 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 literally um you you get immunity, so you can travel in um and certain parts of your luggage and what you have on you uh can't be checked. Ah. So you carry the diplomatic bag, and that would have been for papers and sort of all sorts of stuff. But I think the most exciting thing they had for the uh, ambassador was some Maxwell House coffee. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't. He should have smuggled in a lot of like a big bag of grass or something. <laughs> You'd think so, yeah. But no. <laughs> some hallucinogenics. Coffee, yeah. Uh, Maxwell House. <laughs> Very good. The diplom- so bags, so it came full circle now. She's she had the, she was the diplomatic bag now. Of course, yeah, yeah. Bags. I never, you know what? I never put that together again. She's why doesn't she? Bag. Why doesn't she try and design a bag right for 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 ladies who work? You know, but it's made of denim and call it Sallyann's the diplomatic bag. That'd be cool. Diplomatic, but that's a fantastic one. Yeah. Could be sort of lawyers and high achieving women become a diplomat with Sallyann's bags. Sallyann. Yeah. The diplomat, the diplomat, like she, it's just called the diplomat, you know. Yeah. And then, like you know, you could imagine when she's when it's huge and there's you know an ad on in the cinema before the movie, and, and it'll just be like, "Are you a lady going places? Do you mean business? Do you have a busy work schedule? Is your life a bit hectic? You need the diplomat. The diplomat is made from recycled denim." Blah, 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 blah. And then something like that, yeah? Would that work? Brilliant. And you could have a range then. You could do little purses and stuff. Mm, yeah. It, yeah, could be, yeah. it could be Sally-Ann's diplomat range. Oh, yes. Mm. Loving it. Done. Okay, that's it. We're done. Yeah. The meeting. Good meeting. Okay, everybody can go home now. <laughs> yeah. Bit of blue sky thinking. Yeah, it was great. Awesome. I was. Uh, I, I, made a, I made an exciting purchase today. Oh. Yeah, I bought, it, I bought myself a Hoover. Oh no! I was yeah. going to tweet you. I saw your tweet. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna. I. I have a lot of Hoover issues. What? What? Okay. So my question on Twitter was, okay, it was. A, it was a typical Saturday Twitter question. I'm about to buy a Hoover. I need your recommendations. What? What Hoover would you recommend? And I also said no Dysons, please. And I'm going to just yes. tell you. So we will get to your Hoover issues in a minute, but. I said no Dyson's, please, and I don't want Dyson to sue me. I'm just this is just my personal experience. I'm sure everybody else is very happy with their Dyson, but I got a Dyson, and I'm going to tell you for the purpose of the story because it, it will make more sense. Uh, but someone gave it to me. Uh, right. It was it was a gift. Okay, sometimes you get gifts, and they said, "Here's a Dyson, um, enjoy it." You know, nice so gift. it never really worked, and oh. I f- just felt, and my wife as well, we just felt like we were doing something wrong. So we we plug it in charge it up it wouldn't really work so we'd wash the filter then we'd imagine we'd presume that we just didn't dry out the filter properly so then we'd wash it again and dry it out and then charge it up and anyway so this has gone on for i'd say about a year with this like our house is like it would work a little bit but just not it just never really worked and then i was like and then so i went back to the shop eventually where the people that gave it to me and i said look i had it in the boot for ages and then eventually i went in and i said look this just never really worked like what can we do but and they said, we, we don't take them back. I was like, okay, you have to ring Dyson. Oh. And then Dyson will come out. And first of all, they'll get you to do the whole turn it on, turn it off again. Take out the filter. Have you tried this? They'll do a big checklist. And then if, you know, if all that fails, 
they'll send a guy out who has a van full of bits and pieces and new Dysons. So that he'll try and fix it. If you can't fix it, he'll give you a new Dyson. So I said, oh, geez, okay, right. I left the shop. Like, you know, you know the way when you, you, mm. you have something in the boot and, you're going, and eventually you call into the shop and you're like, okay, here we go. I'm getting this sorted. Suzanne will be so happy with me. And then he was like, no, you can't. This is, and I was just, ah, oh, for God's sake. So anyway, so last Saturday I rang Dyson and I said, all right, here we go. I had the headphones on. I had the phone connected to the headphones. And I was like, all right, I'm in for the long haul. Let's make this phone call. Because I thought there'd be a wait. You know the way. Yeah, yeah. But I had my tea, cup of tea, had the headphones on. Nobody was really around. And the waiting list, the waiting time was 90 minutes. Oh, Jesus. And every, so it started off at like 97 minutes, right? And then every five minutes, it would go down by two minutes. So like I was looking at my watch and then it would come back. The voice would come back every five minutes and then it would go from 97 to you now have 95 minutes. <laughs> then like Jeez. 10 minutes, 10 minutes in, it was like down by two more. I was like, holy crap. So that was, I, st- I stayed. And was for- this a free phone number? Yeah, it's a free phone number. Jeez, I hope it was. I didn't check. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and so I just said, no, you know what? It was a free Hoover. It didn't work. I'm just going to say it, w- it never brought us any joy. And, you know, like you're one who does the tidying up, whatever name is. Uh, if you just throw out the things that don't bring you joy. So I'm going to yeah. throw it out at some stage. And I went out to buy a new Hoover. I said enough is enough. Um, and I, I won't tell you what I bought just yet. What's your wh- why did you not jump in and tell me about your. I had um, I. I... I was in the middle of drafting a tweet to you, which was quite long winded because my life is all about hoovering. It's all about straight lines and it's all about mowing. Um, and I love, I love hoovering and I've had them all. I've had Vax, I've had Bimmel, I've had Hoovers. I've had, um, I've had everything but a Dyson because I, I never hear that Dyson, in my opinion, are very expensive. Mm. Um, and I've always liked the old uh, Cyclone one with the no bag. Um, and then I thought to myself, I had this awakening like late last year. I thought, right, I need to get a new one because I hoover a lot and the, the motors burn out on them. When you but, say you hoover a lot, like, what, uh, do you live in a mansion? Is it just a thing? Do you no, just love hoovering? Just, I just love hoovering. Yeah. Hmm. Like there can only be so much dirt in the car. Like, yeah, when you say your Hoover hasn't worked for months, yeah. I'm just imagining Charlie's hair drifting all over the place. Well, luckily we don't have a Charlie doesn't uh, mold. Molt. He doesn't. Okay, he, he doesn't. Lucky. He doesn't yeah. lose his hair, so that's that's why we chose him. Otherwise, he'd be gone, wouldn't you, Charlie? He's here at my feet. Um, yeah, yeah, we no- we have we have Poppy, you see, and Poppy came from the pound, so we didn't know what to expect, and she just sheds fur all the time and two cats on top of that okay. sometimes three yeah okay. so we've a lot of crap and a big we have an open fire as well you see so yeah. um it's not an open fire we have a big stove and that runs everything in the house the hot water the heating and everything so we're you kind of need to keep on top of that which i i admittedly i quite like this is turning into a really middle-aged sort of man conversation however <laughs> Sorry, Mike. We are middle-aged men having a conversation. I hate to. Oh, yeah, hate to, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready to come to terms with that yet, though. So, uh, um, so I, 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 I put it on a. I, I dropped so many hints here last year that Sally Ann actually bought me for Christmas a Henry Hoover. Every 
hotel I've ever worked in, every business I've ever worked in, there's always been a Henry Hoover. And I just thought to myself, you know what? I had this epiphany. You've got to, you just, everybody uses them. There must be some reason. And they are, it is phenomenal. A phenomenal piece of kit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> So I bet you went Mila. Yeah, I, I was looking at the Henry Hoover and, you know, you know, what I was thinking, I was thinking because hotels and bars, they all they all have the Henry, don't they? And I was like, mm. I was th- my thinking was the same as you. But um, a lot of people said the Mila on, on the response. So yeah. I'd, heard of, I'd heard about Mila before. So I was like, OK, I'm going to go for Mila because I did ask the question and the majority of people said Mila. So I thought I'll, I'll be in good faith to all those people who took the time out to respond to me. I was going to get a Mila. And but the Henry Hoover was looking at me and he was, you know, that little face as well. I was like, could be a little pal for Charlie. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, but yeah, I went for the Mila. So hopefully, hopefully I won't be disappointed, you know. I've not had a Mila uh, and I have an awful habit of uh, breaking things as well. Uh, dishwashers and stuff like that. I've stopped buying top end stuff. I used to buy AEG, Mila washing machines, all that sort of stuff. They all broke. Um all died on me i've had what what, what do you you buy you, you go to russia and buy something from the 70s is it that you have to crank up Pr- pretty much something i just with... buy sort of hot point whirlpools sort of middle range stuff now for white goods because they're exactly the same yeah but you're um, it's, they're, they'll be terribly offended now that you, you <laughs> that they're not top end <laughs> you seem to know i wouldn't know what's top end and what's not i suppose i suppose you're just talking price wise it's all the same absolutely amila hoover is going to cost you a couple of hundred quid easy um maybe yeah <laughs> yeah i mean a dyson's going to cost you 500 with one of those plug those sort of sit on the wall things i mean yeah. i can't i couldn't justify doing that i looked um, at, i looked at a roomba have you seen the roomba i have seen the roomba yeah quite nice nice little machine <laughs> <laughs> they're about a grand yeah but 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 they're the kind of thing you can just leave the house and set them off and the hoover will be done by the time you get home but yeah but they don't work either my my, my brother-in-law is uh he works for ge in america mm. and he's actually a designer of um he does the software for um fridges uh, um and washing machines and dryers and stuff like that just, so his washing machine tells his dryer how much moisture is left in the wash and it just sets itself up so you can just take it out the top loader of the washing machine put it into the dryer and it knows it just knows exactly what to do and his milk the the fridge has got sort of barcodey things and little weights on them like a mini bar in a hotel and so when he lifts it up i'll order two cartons of milk from uh, walmart please say yes yes please and it goes onto the shopping list wow and all this sort of stuff. And they had, uh, they were trialing a, um, a one of those little, yeah. Those let's, little, not, let's say it was a different brand name, just in case. It was like a Roomba, but it wasn't. It was <clears> similar. It was a robotic GE thingamajig. Yeah. And it just used to go round when they were out all day. But of course, they had cats and the cats would start jumping on it. And, uh, you know, it didn't really handle the the saddle of the door. You know that little lip, that little wooden lip, going from room to room too yeah. well, and it would yeah, get stuck and get itself into a bit of a snit, um, and then just you'd be left with drifts of stuff. And uh, yeah, his wife is quite the southern drawl. I, I hate that thing. It's just I think it's just watching me, honey. It's, I'm sitting. 
near doing my computer stuff. And that thing just comes to life, man. Oh, Somebody's wow. watching me. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I, I do think that it does fill our days with something to talk about conversation wise. You know, when like early days in a relationship or, you know, in your life, you, you might, you know, you've, you, you, you've got work issues, then you might decide to get married. So you can talk about that. Then you get married. Then you might decide if you're lucky to have children and you have children and you've got the children keep you occupied for a while. And then at some point, the children get to a point where they're not really that interesting anymore. And they're not interested in you. And they're not really keeping you that occupied except for the odd lift here or there. And then you start talking about white goods and Hoover's. That's the, yeah. that's the circle of life. Yeah. Elton John got it right down. <laughs> that's what the song was about wasn't it, it was yeah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah you end up talking about hoovers yeah <laughs> it's the wheel of vacuums yeah it's the henry hoover <laughs> um but uh, i was trying to think of a joke about the meal but uh, you, you, i was gonna i was gonna make a joke about having never having a square meal but it didn't really i couldn't no if anybody no. listening thinks of a good meal a joke you can you can email it to me um what is your email address? It's keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or, and I'm giving out two because I still don't trust the other one. It's keithwalshpod at gmail.com. And I have them set up that they both come into the same place. So I'm not even sure if wow. keithwalshpod uh, at gmail.com is working. No, I am sure. I've, I've tested it. Just not that many people are emailing me. Um, but I have been getting some very, uh, very complimentary emails, especially about you, Mike, you know, people saying that they could listen to you forever. Um, and even though apparently we, we talk about, you know, day to day things, I thought it was a very highbrow intellectual con- conversation type podcast we were doing. But apparently people get the impression that we just talk about normal everyday stuff, um, nonsensical things. Uh, but I suppose that's everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, they are, no matter how wrong they are. I mean, this is a very, this is a, this is like, this, this is like Radio 4. This, this is consumer. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is Watchdog at its best. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's the email address and uh, people can email anything they want if they want, if they want to recommend a good Hoover, that'd be great. Or Hoover stories. We'll, we'll take your Hoover stories. Um, yeah, not medical ones though. I wanted to ask you about was you you had some podcast slash TV recommendations for people this week, I believe. Well, I mean, it, this now feels like a real show, Mike. I, I well, no, you you texted me earlier on, but one of the first podcasts we ever did, we you, you said that listen, if anybody's got a good podcast that they're listening to at the moment, or a book or something on TV, share it with the group. So I decided, right, actually, I didn't get my main podcast that i listen to it's not really a podcast that's the problem i listened to the archers on bbc radio 4 um i don't know if you know the archers you probably do yeah it's the longest running radio soap ever full, full stop think- end of conversation end of sentence mm-hmm. uh, and yeah it's kind of like for anybody who doesn't know it's like it's like emmerdale farm on the radio but but kind of posh yeah there was there was an Irish version, the Reardons. The Reardons was that on the radio? There was there was one on the radio, wasn't there? Was it? Yeah, it was Christ. Harbour Hotel. Was it Harbour Hotel? It was called. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to get into trouble now because I didn't hear that. I never heard that. Was the Reardons on television then? The Reardons was on television, and Harbour Hotel was was the soap. Um, and I still remember because okay. I remember there was like they all seemed to talk like this. And said, "For God's sake, Mary, would you would you would you stop it?" <laughs> 
Will you have a cup of tea, Michael? Will you have a cup of tea? That'll make you feel better. Mary, I don't need a cup of tea. I need a brandy. And then that was kind of... And then, oh, right. then it'd be like, doodly doodly doop. Then the music next week on Harbour Hotel. He gets a brandy or something. But So you so you listen to The Archers and you, you, you obviously like it. You're obviously a fan. Oh, of I, ha- I haven't missed The Archers in 18 years. Wow. Um, Is yeah, it on it's every really- day? It's um, it's on, it used to be on six days a week, but it's now with COVID and stuff. It's only been on three days a week: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Actually, four days a week. So uh, yeah, it's about twelve minutes long, and um, it's just sublime. It's just you know, acting on the radio is just if you can act. I think that's great, but acting on the radio is another another level, you know. And what uh, what is it? The storylines? Is it the writing? Is it the characters? I mean, what what has you? What do you love about it? I think it's the storylines interwoven with very normal things, and you know, they they throw the odd sort of disaster in, like they do on Coronation Street, to keep you sort of um, hooked. But their storylines tend to run for like three or four months, and they can take time at doing it because you've always got interlocking characters with another story that's ongoing and that one might have gone and dissolved into the distance and then the main plot may be just running through and you've you've kind of act actively have to listen to it because there's a lot of sort of bits and pieces that somebody might be talking about in the village post office or the pub and then it might come to fruition later on i mean at the moment there's a there's a modern day slavery sort of story plowing through the middle of it and wow. it's really really interesting wow. and uh, it's just all about deceit and lies and uh, you know it's, it's brilliant i mean a guy is actually this week he's actually just um in in order to keep that quiet he's had to go and addict and become or uh, he had to sort of he had to put himself out there as a gambler an addicted gambler so he's now pretending to have a gambling issue to get over the fact that he's actually got slaves working for him it's brilliant absolutely genius wow and so that's so you were bringing this up as a kind of a recommendation for people is it is it available yeah, to listen I mean, as a podcast every day it's um you can download it from uh, bbc sounds even in ireland you can you can do it and it's um might have the odd sort of 20 second uh advert at the beginning of it but it's um you can just download them you go to the the archers website and um it's got about i think you've got about 28 days i think every four weeks it updates itself so you've always got 28 to listen to and you can down download them to your phone and listen at your uh whenever you want we listen to them over lunch and even jimmy gets involved no what age is jimmy's what 16 17 16 yeah 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 he's mad to hear what happens to the slaves (laughs) <laughs> or the, or... <laughs> I, I am now but, yeah yeah but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna start listening i'm gonna bring back i'm gonna come back with a review I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it for a little while and come back to you in a few weeks um it's funny you should bring that up because when i was young we used to in in my house harbor hotel was always on and it was a radio soap so when when i started my first radio job i got into radio doing i didn't really get into radio as a radio presenter uh, that kind of developed. I was a kind of, I wanted to be a comedy writer. So I'd write sketches based, you know, characters like kind of the fast show, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but Irish based. And, uh, but one of the things I wrote and we, it was like, cause Harbour hotel had finished up it. We, we used to call it Ireland's longest running radio soap. Uh, and it was called air fingless. 
and it was an airline, right. airline based in Finglas. Um, and it just had four characters. So it had Elvis, Anto, Tiffany, Kylie, and oh God, I can't remember the other characters. It was, but there was four characters. Uh, um, Jacinta, I think it might have been. But basically, it was just, you know, it was, it was, it was a different, uh, they had a different adventure every day or every, every week. <laughs> Something else would happen. Uh, it was, and but the, but the great thing about radio was that anything you know anything could be happening. Literally, yeah, yeah. Like it was it was run out. It was an airline in Finglas run out the back of a house, and that was it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, and you could literally do anything. And uh, yeah, we did that for like that was an ongoing soap that lasted for about five years. Wow, Air Finglas, yeah. I never knew this. You see, we didn't know each other. No, we didn't. No, this was post. This was post juries, um, but yeah. So that was like, so I was always because because of Harbour Hotel, and obviously that was our archers. I was always fascinated with the idea of writing a soap on the radio. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it again. Um, and and that dovetails perfectly into actually not working in juries and soap. I never realised until listening to the podcast you did with Ryan. Uh, is it right? Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Mack. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that is a good podcast, isn't it? I didn't expect that to go. Yeah, I didn't expect that to go the way it went. But um, he was really, um, uh, really open and like brilliant. I learned so much about how that whole thing works, and I was kind of fascinated by it anyway because of friends of mine I know who had worked and tried to work in the pop industry, and it's 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 tough, it's hard. Unbelievable! That is like you know a graveyard of ambition. Mm. It just you know. The, talk about modern day slaves. Oh Those God! I mean, were opened up to all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's just you know, it um, yeah, it was fascinating. Anybody who's got children interested in pops music should listen to that. Ryan, what's his name? Ryan. I've Ryan McLaughlin, but Ryan Mack, and Ryan Mack. Yeah, he will be. He is at the <clears> moment <throat> in the process of becoming very huge. Like he's, he, you'll see him very yeah, shortly, I'd yeah, say. yeah but yeah. he's worked for, and, and as you heard in the podcast he went straight into just delivering furniture uh, mm. from being on stage in barcelona in front of however many thousand people sixteen thousand uh, people to delivering furniture Un- unreal mm, unbelievable um but yeah you so you were listening to that yes um and we dovetailed into that and i can't understand i don't remember why i because <laughs> i was talking about the soap i wrote and oh yes juries the, yeah. yes juries soap um i never realized you were a linen porter speaking of soap yes oh so people, right yeah yeah i never realized that i i certainly didn't put you down in the uh the linen drop room no somebody must have done oh no well, you no. didn't you see when i came back so i worked with you in what year would it have been 1992 no, 93 two, no, uh, maybe, geez, maybe 94, 95, maybe. Okay, so I think I was finished college, so it could have been 94. Um, it could have been 95, actually. Yeah, I think, I think it, it was, might have been 95. Yeah. So then I went back to Ireland, um, and I actually went back to Ireland because I'd met a guy called Guillermo in Tent City, where I lived in a, in a tent, and he was a, a writer, a film writer, and he, we were going to, I was going to move to Cadiz, uh, <laughs> With, with Guillermo, uh, he was my friend, and we were going to write stuff together like because I wanted to write movie scripts or whatever, mm. and he was he was into that. So we were going to do stuff together, and he was like, just come to Cadiz, and we can just live there, and it's sunny, and you don't need much money, blah, blah. So I came home for a little while. 
But my dad was sick and it didn't look like he was going to live for much longer. He's still alive, by the way. (laughs) The fecker. So that kind of, it didn't, that didn't work out. I didn't go to Spain because of that. Um, And subsequently met up with my wife again. And so it, it was good in the end. But I went back to London then because myself and my wife, Suzanne, decided to go traveling. So I went back to London uh, and got in touch with juries. You were gone at that stage. And um, mm-hmm. and Brian was in charge. Brian Murphy, yes. co- Cockney, a plastic, geezer. plastic paddy, <laughs> Cockney geezer or are in it. Um, so he said, yeah, look, I rang him, I think, before I went out to London. He said, look, yeah, look, you can come and we, we will have a position for you, but I've nothing right now. Um, and he said, look, you're very welcome to start work if you want, but I, I won't have you as a porter. Uh, mm. You'll have to do something else for the few weeks until this guy leaves. And I was like, I don't care. I'll do whatever. I was, I was enjoying myself very much tremendously in mm. Dublin and too much. So I needed to do get just get away from the people I was hanging around with and what I was doing and it was actually as you heard in the podcast I kind of spent a month just in this in this basement sweating <laughs> sorting out it was like my you know the way you hear these people having to go to Thailand you know to yeah to, to, to get dry ground out. coffee up their backside yeah yeah that was <clears> my that was my uh this is I, your enema your spiritual enema it was my therapy I was in there just think having a good thing for myself sorting out sheets and i did it for a month and then brian put me up up on the desk and uh, yeah the rest as they say is history i don't know so what I, was the most what was the most interesting thing that came down this luggage i presume the girls were would collect the um luggage this um laundry they collect the dirty laundry and then put it down a chute and it would arrive down in the basement yeah and and then i just want to cover your arse there michael by saying it was mostly girls that just was the way it was it's not like yes. we're saying girls yeah, yeah, yeah. do the laundry and the, um the uh so the yeah so they just got dumped down the the bags down the chute and I, and they yeah. come down to me and it would nothing really bad because i suppose they'd have ripped them off the beds and if anything came off at that stage they'd have them so they weren't really they weren't gonna i presume put like you know human excrement or anything down the chute uh yeah. but you know the odd condom or a oh. bit, of, bit of underwear or you know Ooh. yeah <laughs> i had a great great collection of knickers i oh. I, I i have i've just had this idea for a movie of a guy who collects frilly knickers because he works in, in the long in the linen and he, and he hangs them up on a board in the linen closet Bottom yeah. of shoes. and at the end of the movie he is the psycho that yeah. killed everyone <laughs> But uh, yeah, nothing too weird now. I mean, I, I think there was probably some weird stuff, but I can't quite remember. I do remember like uh, weird adult magazines. For, I don't know how oh, yeah. they ended up in the chute, but they must have come down in a pillow or someone must have hid them in the, I don't know. But you'd get, yeah, you'd get the odd weird thing. It was the first time I saw an adult magazine with women. Because uh, obviously I was, I got, I was, a magazine came down and had a look through it, of course. Well, it, it, most of your stuff, Stuff being male on male at that point, then. Uh, what was that? As most of your stuff being male on male. No, it was point. the first time I'd seen um, uh, <laughs> pictures of women that had willies, because I was a very innocent lad coming over from Ireland, and it was like, and I was like, what the, what the, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was very, very eye open. <laughs> it was third eye opening. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay. Uh, so so was, Lynn, Lynn yeah. Yambo must have been your boss then. Yeah, it was Lynn from, she wasn't, I was going to say she was from Jamaica. Or, no, no, no. She no. was Welsh. No. Oh, possibly. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember really interacting with anyone. Like I just, I just uh, did my job, and I don't know if I had to actually say anything to anybody. I just came in on time, sorted out the pillowcases into one pile, the sheets into another pile, and left them to be collected. I, I, I never had to go to anybody. To, I, I don't know. Can't remember. I like. I was very, Everything was very foggy around then, so I don't really. Yeah, know. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those sort of inadmissible in court because of jobs. Yeah. I don't actually, remember. I went in nine to five and. God knows what happened after that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it was my, I got dry. That was the most important thing. Um, <laughs> I got dry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was my, uh, my, my linen, my well, linen story, my time. It, it, you know, maybe that, that in itself could be a, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, because I've got this pure mental thing done and I yeah. now have to learn my lines and, I'm trying to avoid having to learn my lines, which is the most important thing. The most important thing I can do for the next two weeks is learn my lines. So I'm thinking of everything else I could do for the next two weeks. And one of them is to write another play. Um, so maybe you could do a stage version of a month in a linen, in a, yeah, a I'm, bottom I'm of a it, linen shoot, uh, you know, talking, your, sorting your life out, you know. It's at least a chapter in your self-help book. You know what I mean? It's uh, It's got to be. That sort of, this, this, this cleared my mind. I wasn't just cleaning clothes. I was cleaning my mind. Oh, like it was that. cleansing. Yeah. 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 I was ripping the, ripping the sheets off, the layers oh. of sheets off and finding out who I really oh, was yeah. underneath, you know, a damp mattress. <laughs> damp, moldy, infested mattress. Oh, with beautiful. Years of people's DNA. Oh, I, yes. Yeah, I came in as a damp infested mattress and I went out. I came out as a as a beautiful as a beautiful mattress mick, brand new mattress mick covered in plastic. Uh listen, uh, any other um <laughs> before it gets too nonsensical, any other did you have other recommendations or was that it? TV Well, I know I've started listening to something that you recommended and um uh, I was sort of not critiquing that in any way shape or form. Go for it. Just, go for it blown away by George Gibney. Whatever happened oh, to George Gibney? Oh, oh, man alive. That is for, you know, you, you've got to be in the right frame of mind to be listening to that stuff. It's um, it's rough. I mean, I, I would recommend everybody should listen to it because yes. yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. just an example of how sometimes these people just get away with it. And I'm not convinced that he, he didn't have friends in high places that helped him get away mm -hmm. with it. In fact, I'd, I'd be, I have to be careful what I say, but uh, it's funny that I recently got in touch with an old school friend of mine, and this is just separate to listening to that podcast, mm -hmm. but this old school friend of mine, uh, I think he listens to the podcast. Um, he was a very, very successful swimmer uh, when we were in school. So we were, I, was in for, I was in school with him all the way up till transition year, uh, the year before right. fifth year. And he was a very successful swimmer. Like he would be, he'd be swimming in the morning before school. So he'd have a session at six o'clock and then come straight into school. Lovely fella. And we were very good friends. And um, like he has Irish records still uh, wow. in swimming that he, that haven't been broken, uh, that he set back way back then. Um, and I, but the 
funny because I remember being fascinated and, and thinking that the world of swimming was so glamorous because I'd sometimes see, you know, there's sometimes in the local pool, there'd be meets, you know, so, so you'd have yeah, these, yeah. you know, the, they're very cool looking guys, you know, swimmers that come in with their headphones on and their flip flops and their, you know, their, their toweling dressing gowns and their hats and, you know, obviously well built and, and the, you know, the girls and the guys, they just looked cool, you know, they, yeah, yeah. They, there was something about them, you know, and I was just like, I was fascinated by that world, you know, and, and I did a bit of swimming myself, but I never really kind of had the dedication to, you know, to reach, obviously I, I didn't put, put in the hard work, but so I was always like fascinated by the swimmers and they just looked so cool and glamorous. And, and, and around that time as well, we would have gone to community games, which was yeah, uh, like, a, like <clears throat> the Olympics, the Irish, anybody listening to this from Ireland would know it's like a get together, sporting get together two weekends every year. And it used to be held in Mosny and you'd go with your football team. If you qualified as the best football team in Kildare, you'd go and represent Kildare and you take on the other counties and et cetera, et cetera. And there was swimming and there was running and there was athletics. And, but the swimming was on the same weekend as the thing that I did, which I'm going to tell you was because you had all sorts. You had chess, you could do drawing, you could do uh, gymnastics, you could do. Uh, I was part of the variety show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Jesus! And one of the one of the main so the variety show was a fifteen minute show where you had to you 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 did a limited cast you I think you could you twelve people so six girls six boys right you had fifteen minutes and you had to do a certain amount of certain amount of songs certain amount and it was like you'd had to have costume changes so you'd be you'd be on for the opening number which was a dance and then you'd be off and then you'd be back on <laughs> as a cowboy playing the harmonica and singing oh. i'm bad my time and then you'd be off again there'd be another dance and then you'd be back on doing a, a sketch a comedy sketch where you got like gum stuck to your shoe and you're trying to get it off and all this kind of stuff so that was 50 that was, that was so i went with the variety show and we were the best in Westmeath, you know two years three years running but the main reason I went was because the swimmers went that year mm. and they were just great crack and cool to be around. And it was a great weekend because it was the variety show and they were all cool as well. Honestly, believe it or not. Yeah. Let's go to band camp. Yeah. It was like that. We all thought we were, we thought we all thought we were like in a, in a, in a boy band or something. Oh. But, um, but the swimmers and the, and the variety show and lots of other things were, were the same weekend. And we used to have great, great obviously you're away from your parents you're living in a chalet with all your friends and you're just hanging out for three days and yeah um and i just loved the swim and 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 julian or my friend i've said his name now but he would have been in that world you know and and i would have been fascinated by a, a fellow called gary o'toole who was our best swimmer and was winning i think he was win he won an olympic medal I, I know that he was very successful he went to the olympics mm. and to hear to, to be, for me and that that was kind of such a big part of my life just seeing those guys and being so fascinated by them thinking they're so cool and then just to hear what this guy Gibney was doing to Ugh. some very successful like and what they could have achieved if he hadn't been around doing what he was doing and it wasn't just yeah. him where they could have gone where it could have taken them the the it just breaks my heart, you know. It's obscene, and it's funny, you know. I, um, my niece used to go to swimming sort of meets and that sort of stuff, <clears throat> and you never notice these people in the background. Oh. I just go there. I was just I took my son to see his cousin swimming. That was what we were there for. And then having watched this Gibney or listened to this Gibney thing, I'm thinking, oh my god, you know, I, I don't 
I didn't recognize I'm not saying for uh, for a second that the, the, you know a lot of that has been has has been sorted out now and mm. people have to have um sort of all sorts of vetting before they're allowed to work or be near children on a, a reasonably sort of frequent basis but this whole underworld where these people sort of where their lair was in these sort of high octane sports sort of things you know it's just it's unbelievable yeah. and that that podcast is really it really opened up my eyes to this sort of underbelly the badness that people have in them you know yeah it's it, it is it's absolutely heartbreaking to listen to it and to listen to some of the testimonies and to listen to the people talking about what happened mm. and what went on and it, yeah i mean i i'm involved in like the thing about it is like it's hard but you kind of have to remember that especially with swimming so many and i remember from athlone when i was swimming when i was younger like so many people dedicated so much of their time and it was almost a vocation mm. like swimming or athletics yeah. athletics or the like i played hurling you know for southern gales and athlone and the lads that were involved in that like you know and when i think back like they had families and they were there but they were there and they were there training us and they weren't getting it's not like they were doing it for money or anything but so no. many good so many good people and then it's all tarnished by by these very it's it's only a handful of people but they can do so much damage unreal so yeah. much damage yeah yeah and it's you know 99.999 gazillion percent are hard working interested in the betterment of the the kids at whatever sport or whatever discipline they're doing but there's just this this slither on top that's like the oily little droplets on a lake and they just have such an impact and such a negative impact. And those who they prey upon, uh, I mean, it's just that the damage just goes on and on and on. It's like a virus. And you can you can see why people say things like, it must have been a ring, because mm. you're like, well, how did this person get away with what they got away with? Why was he not prosecuted? How did he get to leave the country? And all you can think is that, and he was a very religious man, let's just say. And he was oh, yeah. involved in certain religious organizations. And you're kind of like, you're just left going, there must have been people. Yeah, there must there have been must some have been sort of collusion somewhere. Some, yeah. Someone somewhere was helping this guy. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that he was able to go to another country as well, uh, right beside Ireland, and get another job almost straight away after. But but, but yeah, fascinating uh, and brilliant work from, um, that's, uh, Horgan is his name. Do you know... Um, do you know the the radio show? They used to be off the ball. Now they're second captains. They have a podcast, and it's a sports show. Um, it's a brilliant sports I, show. And brilliant I, I do, and and the reason I listen to that is because it's not really about sports. Because they usually have some sort of guest who's not in slightly interested in sport, who they take the mick out of. Yeah, and they do. Yeah, yeah, they do a thing. I think during the summer on Radio One, where they have someone mm. on and they and they rate their sporting prowess, kind That's of thing, right. which is very funny. <laughs> But yeah, they yeah. have a podcast which is very successful, and it's one of the f- first podcasts which you, you subscribe to. And I think I think it's the first one that's that's done, you know, kind of like a, that's been successful. And when I say successful, like it pays the guy's wage. But the right. guy Horgan was a producer with. He is the brother of Shane Horgan, the rugby player. Oh, and you won. And uh, his sister is Sharon, who is the successful writer and actress. Um, yeah, so they're that, just such an underachieving family. Yeah, they really need to 
get like, their shit together. Get their shit together, that family. I, and I think there's another <clears throat> brother or sister there as well involved in the podcast as well. But And he's a lovely fella as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, delight for him I, and really well I think their, their, their father was a, was he a Kiwi? And they came over here and he, um, he, he bought a turkey farm, bought a farm and then started doing turkeys. Wow. So I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah, I listened to her actually on Desert Island Discs, which okay. brings so neatly on to my next little thing <laughs> that I, I haven't missed. I've, I've listened to the whole back catalogue of uh, Desert Island Discs. Do you know she what? On- I'm so glad we had that production meeting because I think everything is just fitting together much better this, this week. <laughs> Yeah, everything's like, leading yeah, on nicely to everything else so she was yeah. on desert island this and she and her okay that's interesting yeah so he came over from new zealand and uh yeah, yeah because they used to say that you know that they used to hate christmas because up until christmas day they're just all they were doing was plucking i need to be sure i need to be absolutely certain i don't say the wrong thing now they were plucking the feathers from the turkeys not doing anything else to the turkeys, if you know what I mean. Yeah. As in, that's, I'd rather be a peasant plucker yeah, 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 than yeah. a... Yeah, yeah. That's not what her TV show Pulling was about. No, her TV show Pulling was about based on her. And then I think the next one she did, which I loved and can't remember, the uh, catastrophe was, I think, her crowning glory. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, if you've not seen it. Uh, her father, John Horgan, is from New Zealand and ran a pub. When she was four years old, Horgan's parents moved to the family to Bellewstown, County Meath, in Ireland to run a turkey farm. There you go. And there, and then, that's, yeah, wow. So they, they're a very, very uh, yeah, underachieving family. God, they're really yeah. to, to, to do something. But it's a brilliant podcast. Was Were you going to talk about Desert Island Discs or was that just, just to throw that in there? Well, no, that was just to throw it in there. Desert mm. Island Discs, yeah, of course, brilliant. it's unmissable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the... In- the the last one I listened to was um, was it Samantha Morton? Yeah, uh, the actress um, Samantha Morton. Yeah, she is absolutely brilliant. And that's fascinating. She she had an in- a very interesting. Well, interesting is the only word I can think of because I don't because it's probably not the appropriate word. Uh, no, childhood and uh, like you have to listen to it. I don't. I don't. I won't even describe what her early life was like just because I just wouldn't do it justice. And, and for her to have continued or to become such a successful actress and do what she's done. There was a very interesting thing that she said, which, which kind of, which oh. touched a nerve with me or hit home with me. Cause the play I wrote, I talk a little bit about my mother, mm. which kind of has had sort of repercussions within my family. Um, but she said she talks about her dad and she said, look, I love my dad very much, but he did X, Y and Z, you know. Yes. Yeah. He didn't control his temper. He wasn't, you know, he was whatever. And she said, it's unfortunate. She said, it's unfortunate that I have I am the person I am and I've become and I'm in the situation where I'm being asked certain questions about my it's unfortunate for him because, he, you know, it's almost like there's, yeah. a bit, there's a bit in my play where I say it's tricky. It's tricky because it's hard to untangle the things where you, you know, certainly with a parent where you, 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 you love somebody, but also, you know, it's like good people can do bad things. And, and just because you're trying to untangle something, it doesn't mean you're trying to point the finger or get anybody in trouble. You're just trying to be honest and that. And 
as we've spoken about before, it's just the honesty is helpful. And that's unfortunate for, you know, for that. Person. Yeah, I, I don't think he was the villain of the piece, but he she was just shining a light into that mm. and the effects that that had on her life. Yeah. Um, and if we're talking about hard hitting podcasts, and this does sound like I'm doing an advert for you, but Kira, you had on, I listened to that. I listened to you one Morton and then I listened to Kira in close succession. Yeah. Um, oh my God. So many things I just did not expect. It was like being hit by a truck, some of the things that Kira said, and how she's managed to get where she is in her life and to be so eloquent and so on point about how she is dealing with things and how she's living her life is just, it's remarkable. Talk about strong women. Jesus. Yeah, and I loved that. We, if you listen to it, it's it's a chat I had with Kira McCullough. Um, I'm just trying to make sure I get the name right. I think it was Kira McCullough, but she had she just emailed me and said, "Look, I love your podcast." And I, I think I was only four or five episodes in at that point. She said, "I love your mm. podcast. This is my story, and I'd love to talk to you if you're interested." And she was kind of like, she kind of is friends with Vicky Phelan, so she said, "Look, I, I just oh, thought okay. Vicky has said to me before, just what's the worst someone can say is no so she just emailed me and said i'd love to chat to you on the podcast and tell you my story and i was like yeah well this is what this is what i'm here for and this is what i want to do so yeah and uh but i loved the ending where she's talking about running the wild atlantic way and the she runs there were three parts to that um interview and Myself and Sally Ann were sitting here making bags, listening to it, and we both looked at each other. And when she said, Yeah, I did a bit of running, and then we decided to run the Wild Atlantic Way, we just looked at each other and both said at the same time, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah. uh, just remarkable. Yeah. Jesus. She, she uh, she's Kira McCullough, she's on Instagram, um, mental health and well-being coach. But there's a bit at the end, and it was just a look, it's it's a great story because at the end she talks about the rain and the uh, storm storm Kira actually was 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 all, Kira, yeah, yeah, yeah. was all the rage at the time and she was running the wild atlantic way and she was getting towards the end of it and she was running the connor pass uh, which i don't know if anybody knows the connor pass it's a way of getting the to thing yeah. that you shouldn't go that way but uh, she was running the connor pass and that was probably i'd say the worst part but just you know a few miles down the road she runs into dingle the clouds part, the sun comes out and you're just, you can almost see it, you know? And the, yeah. Yeah. It, it was just, it was, I was, it was a fascinating story. And she, a she life affirming around. moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Um, we're, Jesus, we've been, we've been talking for an hour and 10 minutes. I've, I've, I've hoovering to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You got to get your new Mila going. Uh, Apparently, you know, my, my mother's had a Mila for 35 years. So. Oh, good. Listen, yeah. 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 No, I like, I, Jesus, I tell you what, the suction on that thing i was i was i turned it on and i was doing the landing and i was going i was actually saying i was actually saying out loud holy shit yeah holy shit this is this is good that could suck the collar pals down to dingle <laughs> listen we didn't get to talk to dolly or talk about dolly and we didn't get to talk about the drummer uh, Bar- barry manlow's drummer i will leave that to another day and uh, there was something else you mentioned as well. Was there? I don't know. Maybe you didn't. But uh, look, we'll, we'll have it in. We'll talk about it in the next production meeting and we'll, we'll get to all those stories. We will. Uh, yeah. No, that was uh, the, the Dolly story, Dolly Parton story and the, the, 
the drummer Barry Barry, Barry Manilow's drummer. drummer. We'll get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to. We that. will get to that at some stage, yeah. Mike. What are you up to for the afternoon now? What's the plan? Uh, I think um, I'm going to take my son down to Spanish Point. The school has uh, recently been refurbished down there, and their car park is fantastic for skateboarding. So I'm going to let him off down there for a while, and I might go for an old stroll. I don't Lovely. know, really. Do yeah. do go for a walk. Uh, can I ask you a question? What go is the it. what is the uh, what is the thinking behind going to a shop and then tying your dog up outside the shop and going in? Is that is that a cruel thing to do, or is that like I want to go for a walk and I want to bring the dog, right? Right. I want to go for a good long walk, but I also need to go to a shop to get something. What's the? Is it like if I tie him up outside a, a shop, would no, people I, think, I think I'm think a that, cruel person? No, I think it's socially unacceptable to take your dog into a building where there's food, um, unless course, there's some yeah. sort of a service animal. But if you're out for a stroll. And Charlie's quite happy just to be left lassoed to a post outside. People, people just kind of stand there and go, hello, hello, woof, woof. You know, mm. I used to do it with our dog, Rusty, all okay. the time. Okay, um, The only issue is that when they start baying at the moon, you know. Oh. <laughs> no, that would be me. <laughs> I'll tie myself yeah. to a pole and start baying at the moon. Or, or worse still, somebody steals them. But I think the whole, you know, you'd want to be really unlucky for somebody to rob your dog. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I think we leave it on that. Yeah. You don't want to be okay. really lucky for someone to rob your dog. Wise words, Mike. Wise words. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll talk to you again. Okay, take it easy. During the week. Enjoy yeah. your walk. Enjoy the skateboarding. Do, and let me know how that microphone stuff. Send me some gear, uh, stuff on that. I need yeah. to... I'll send you what I got, and, and, uh, yeah. and, and you can get... Even just the mic would be great. And you, as I said, you can construct your own little sound mm. booth. Oh, with all the denim. All right, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Bye, thanks, as always. Bye. To record that, you know? <gasps> Don't. It's going to be my running gag now. <laughs> and just before my chat with Mike, I said that this was episode 14. Um, I think it's actually episode 15. What? Would you believe it? I'm on episode 15. Did you know, a little bit of information, a little bit of personal news for you here, guys. I make uh, I make these greeting cards, or, you know, sort of, they're hand-drawn. Uh, I have a few in front of me. There's an engagement one that says, a uh, couple goals, congrats on the engagement. And there's a picture of a, a guy and a girl, in this instance, uh, standing on a cloud, because they're on cloud, cloud nine, because they just got engaged. See, see what I did there? Um... I have one which is kind of like a be- a good luck card. Best of luck on your big thing. And it's a, it's a lady with a, a gold medal around her her uh, neck because she was really good in her thing. Uh, I like this one. This is um, something you can send a friend. I really miss your big, I really miss your lovely face, your big ride, which is nice. And there's one I made for somebody who wanted me to do a picture of a girl and then a girl with the hand over her face and then the words not able and uh, yeah you can you can get cards made to order or you can just buy them you can um, you'll find them There's I put up pictures on them on, on my Instagram you can find them that way but also my wife has a company called Nearly Sisters and they've started putting them up on their website so you can buy them from nearlysisters.ie which is a brand new website and it's it looks swanky you can get lots of gifts 
and uh, gifts sent straight to your door so you don't even have to leave your house um, so you can get those gifts you can buy cards all Irish made all beautifully made and Irish made and all local so if you get a chance and you want to buy something for Christmas a little gift or you miss somebody you want to go buy them a card uh, head for nearlysisters.ie thank you very much getting the L plug in there well. plug or only what would be the point otherwise what would I, why would I be doing this um, anyway thanks very much to Mike as always we had an enlightening chat that I will have to listen back to now because I am um, because I it, we did it on Sunday I can't really remember what we we did it on Saturday I can't remember what we talked about and I haven't listened back to it since and I'm going to listen back to it once it goes up maybe tomorrow in the car so hopefully uh, it was <laughs> I remember it being a really good chat anyway um, listen I gotta go go to bed get ready for tomorrow I have a big six weeks ahead of me <laughs> big six weeks of lockdown email me anytime keith.walsh at Keith Walsh, I have to get this right, keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com. Either of those, send me whatever you want. Thoughts, comments. If you want advice, I'm your man. If I'm not your man, I'll ask Mike. He might be able to help. Anyway, i got to go. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. Um, someday I'll get the old signing off. You all right, Charlie? Charlie's been doing this mad thing where he like shakes his head as if it feels. It seems to me like he's got water in his ear or something, or very scratchy ears. If a dog has very scratchy ears, what does that mean? I must look that up. Maybe he's got waxy ears. Get the cotton buds out. Charlie, would you get the cotton buds out? I think he has waxy ears. Very itchy ears. Anyway, I gotta go. Uh, I forgot I was still on the podcast. Talk to you soon. Take it easy. Good luck. Bye. Bye 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 bye. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.